Well, let me start off uh, with a question. What is your favorite story tale or fairy tale? What's your favorite favorite fairy tale? Anybody have a favorite fairy tale? No? What? She's like, oh, Beauty and the Beast. Okay, anybody else? That was, oh, Star Star Wars. So that's, that's uh, Issa's kind of fairy tale. Um, what, uh, what's your favorite fairy tale character besides Dark Vader? Uh, what's your favorite fairy tale character? Anybody? Man. Mulan. Okay, one more. That's a good one. Cinderella. Okay, last one. Sleeping Beauty. Nice. There's this show... Um, on TV called Once Upon a Time, and it, it, it kind of like brings all these fairy tales and fairy tale characters together in kind of a weird arrangement, weird story where kind of like all the fairy tales, tale stories in their lands um, kind of have this kind of path into like our world on earth, and it's all mixed up. And, uh, and, and part of this, the stories that come out with like Snow White and the Queen and a mix of Wizard of Oz and Rumpelstiltskin and Captain Hook and all these people, there's, there's, uh, there's this kind of, there's this book that keeps popping up in the series called the storybook, obviously, right? And, um, and they, they discover part of themselves in the storybook. And there's this one character that, that, that gets developed in this show that's not in any of the fairy tales, not to my knowledge, you know, maybe you fairy tale experts can let me know about this, but it's, it's a little twist we don't find in the tales, and it's, it's a character called the author. And they discover along the way that there is someone called an author, and the author writes the stories. Now, somewhere along their history, it, they discover that a bad kind of guy, or like a um, guy with self-interest and not great agenda, becomes the author. And they start realizing that he's been writing their stories. And there's this one moment. Here's uh, Rumpelstiltskin. He's called Mr. Gold in the real world, but Rumpelstiltskin in fairy tale language. And this is the author. And there's a moment where where Rumpel, he's kind of interesting because he's been mean all his life. He's been kind of dark all his life. He's, he's, He's pushed away the closest people in his life, his son, the woman he loves, um, everyone really around him. And he comes to realize, like, my life is not the way I would have liked it to turn out. And he wants a new story. And he discovers the author. And he's like, maybe I have a chance to write a new story. Check out this little clip from the show. No? I thought you had it. Uh, man, oh, I thought, okay, that's weird. Uh, my fault. So anyway, so there's this, there's this moment in, in one of the, here, one scene, I'll kind of just like play it out for you. And um, I didn't take acting classes, nothing. I'm really bad at this stuff. But there's this one scene where, okay, Rumpelstiltskin, he realizes, okay, my life, I did not want it to turn out this way. And I wish the girl I loved would love me back. And I wish I didn't distance my son like that. And so he meets this, this character called the author. And at one moment he says to the author, he says, listen, can you write me a new story? Now the author's pen is a powerful, magical pen that whatever he writes kind of, you know, unpacks these stories. 
So there's this moment, almost at a, a moment of such weakness, in fact, even like physical weakness, where Rumpel just realizes, like, my life has not been the way it should be. And so he convinces the author to write. And, he, and Rumpel Stilson says, can you please write something where Belle, the girl he loves, will recognize me for my genuine heart, where even if I lose my son, I will not be distant from him. And he kind of like starts to articulate, this is how I, might, I want my life to end. And so the author starts to write this. And then he writes on this storybook called The End. And all of a sudden, kind of like, you know, with, um, with cool sound effects and everything, this, everything kind of starts to unturn and become different. And, and, and Rumpel's basically saying like, hey, author, can you write, rewrite my story? Now just think about it. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing if, if you found a guy or a girl that had a, you know, magical pen and you said, hey, you know what? I really messed up at work last week. Can you write last week over again? Like, I really messed up with my relationship recently. Can, can you rewrite that? Can you rewrite what I said? And can you rewrite the outcome? Or, you know what? I, I'm, I, I have a feeling that, you know, as I get towards the end of my life, this is the way I'd like it to become. Can you kind of rewrite that, kind of scratch out all the bad parts or all the parts where I've made mistakes or detoured or wrong and just write me a story exactly the way I'd like it to end? We're in this series we started last week called Change Your Story. And we started last week really asking this question, what influences your story? Because you talked about a story, like it could be our culture, it could be our experiences, it could be part of our education, it could be um, how we've uh, encountered relationships. We asked, what influences our story? And we said last week two things. Recognize what influences your story, because you'll understand how your life is playing out, and recognize the symptoms that you're living out. The symptoms in your relationships, in your finances, in your decisions, in your faith. Because we said last week, and this was kind of the key idea for last week, we live out the stories we believe. We live out the stories we believe. Last week we just focused on influence, but today we want to talk about change. Because part of the true thing about, you know, the author and Rumpelstiltskin Part of the truth that's in that story is this. When you change your story, you change your life. If you want to change your life, then change your story. That's true. But one of the false things in this narrative from Once Upon a Time is you can't just press rewrite. Like how many of you guys on the computer use control key Z to kind of like, I wrote a phrase and I want to erase it. I added something, I want to erase it. Wouldn't it be awesome to have like a control key Z for your life? just to like backtrack. And, and if you keep pressing Z, you kind of keep undoing, undoing, undoing like 10 different things you did. And you can like just keep going if the memory's there in your word, word processor, right? And it'd be so amazing, but that's not how things work. There's no magic author to rewrite your past. There's no magic pen that just kind of changes your life. But there is a way to change your life moving forward. And this principle is found in the scriptures. I want to uh, unpack it a little bit to help us understand how this change takes place because it's not enough to just recognize what influences us and understand the symptoms in our life. We long for change. So here's this verse. It's one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. It's Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. And it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be or do not conform to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, this is such, this is like my favorite two verses in the scripture. And I think we could, you, you could talk about them and unpack them and forever. And I would encourage you to me- meditate on them, memorize them, pray them. But I want to highlight this one angle from these two verses, and it's this. When you change your story, you change your life. When, if you want to change your life, then you need to change your story. Now, Paul, when he writes these words to a church in Rome in the first century, what Paul is getting at, he's trying to say, unless this shift takes place in your life, no change is possible. Unless a shift takes place in your life, in your direction, no change is possible, small or big, relational or financial, spiritual or practical or emotional. No change is possible unless the shift actually takes place in your life and in your story. And there's two big ideas I want to just kind of pull out of these verses. And it's these two ideas that that we all have a root story and we often continue to renew that root story. And I want to talk about the root story that this verse talks about and the renewal process that's necessary. So I just want to just kind of unpack this idea, this idea of a root story. What do I mean by that? You know, when, when, when a plant kind of digs its roots into the ground, everything that grows out of those roots become really are founded in those roots. All the flowers or fruit or, or vines or tree or whatever it is, is coming out of those roots. And what Paul's getting at here is that there's a root story that we all live and or we live out of. And he's calling us to change that root story. Verse 1 and 2, really Paul, when he gets to it, he says, hey, therefore, in view of God's mercy. When he says therefore, he's kind of looking back to the first 11 chapters of Romans. And, and the story of God's mercy that he unpacks in those 11 chapters and then as he, as he starts chapter 12 and he hits us with these few sentences, he, he turns us forward towards living that out. But those two verses are like a hinge, indispensable shift that has to play, take place if we're going to live into a new story. So it all starts with a new story, a new story to live your life out of. What was that for Paul? Well, Paul, if we had time today, we'd read Romans chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way to chapter 11, and we don't. But Paul lays out what God has done for humanity in those chapters. Paul lays out the brokenness of humanity and how how humanity has spiraled into brokenness because of sin. Paul unpacks how creation itself, physical creation, longs for restoration. But Paul also talks about the power of the gospel, the life and teachings and death and resurrection of Jesus, how the power of that saves humanity. Paul talks about how God's mercy comes into our brokenness. One of the greatest verses in Romans chapter 5 and all of Romans is, is this. Paul says, while we were still sinners, while we were still broken, while we were still on a detour, while we were still separated from God, God sent Christ to die for our sins. That's reflecting God's mercy, God's grace, God's forgiveness. So everyone could be part of God's family. So it would no longer be blood-based or ethnic-based or racially-based or status-based or experience. But he says it clearly that sin separates us from God, but God's gift in Jesus is eternal life. That's part of God's mercy. When he starts off verse 1, he says, Therefore, in view of God's mercy... 
So Paul's purpose is, hey, here's this new story. It's called God's mercy. You're no longer to live outside of that. This is something beautiful and amazing that you can start living out of. In simple terms, it's like you're either going to live by merit or you're going to live by mercy. You're either going to live by thinking that everything you do or undo or do right or wrong kind of adds up or gets subtracted, and that's kind of like how God views you. That's one story to live out of. The other story of mercy is that you fall into the hands of a merciful God who reached out to you in Jesus Christ. And Paul says, hey, in view of that mercy, there's a new life possible for you. But if you're going to live a new life, you need to have a new root story. And that's Paul's message to this church. Your new root story is mercy. And, and you can see it right here, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Now you can apply this kind of principle to other parts of your life. Some people say, I'd love to end my life generous. But you're not living out of a story of generosity. I'd love to live to, you know, I'd love to the next 10 years of my life to just be so much healthier in terms of my relationships. But my root story or your root story is not like that. I'd love to express love to others and compassion and grace. Well, if, you want to, if we want to live these ways, we need our story, our root story to change. And here's the beautiful thing. It's more than just having an eye to that story. Some people look at that, oh, in view of God's mercy, and like, that's awesome. God, you're so good. That's great. Thanks for that. Thumbs up. Man, no one ever did that for me. You just kind of look at it. But Paul says something different in this next little phrase. He says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. The, the, the idea here is that it, it's more than just having an eye on the story and this new story. It's actually surrendering ourselves to it. It's surrendering ourselves to the root story. Where Paul is pretty, the language is strong. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I mean, when anybody invites you into something real, serious, dramatic, life-changing, they always say, do you want this? Do you want this or don't you want this? And in a sense, what Paul is saying is, here's the root story. Do you want it? Are you ready to offer your body as a living sacrifice to God, to give yourself fully to this story, to this truth, your whole self, to completely immerse yourself in that story? In other words, Paul's saying, do you trust it? Do you believe it? Do you, know, do you believe it's the right story, the true story, the best story, the most valuable story, the most credible story? Jesus tells us a little bit about this want and desire when he, te- he tells this parable about his kingdom. And he says, there was this guy, and he was, he was walking down the street, and he notices as he's exploring the fields that there's this treasure in a field. And Jesus says, this guy recognizes the value of this treasure. And he says, he sells everything else he has, and he buys the field because he wants the treasure. Jesus says, that's a a reflection of God's kingdom. When you discover God's kingdom, when you discover the new story of God's mercy, Jesus says, when you discover the value of that, you're willing to let everything go to root your life in that. So that verse, offer your life as a living sacrifice, you lay yourself down, not just to die, not just to die to anything behind you, but to come alive in a new, fresh way. Now, how's that different from once upon a time? How's that different from the author who has the magic pen and is like, Dave, I can rewrite the story. How's that different? It's different in a few ways. First of all, when we come to a new root story, we're not, just, we're not rewriting our old story. We're not saying it never happened. 
it's, it's all gone. We're not erasing the memories, but we're moving forward to something brand new. And that's the shift that takes place. I read this article in, the, I think it was in the Huffington Post, and it was about a language school. And all these people were trying to learn these different languages and everything, and they were really having a hard time, really having a hard time learning French or Italian or Spanish or even Arabic or Mandarin. So, so the director said, you know, we're going to try something new. So he brought all these students together, and he gave them, he said, today, everybody, everybody's identity is new. They're like, what are you talking about? So he started handing out kind of these identities. This is your identity for the day. You grew up in Rome. This is your identity for the day. You grew up in Paris. This is your identity for the day. You grew up in Dubai. This is your identity for the day. You grew up whatever, you know? So he gives them all these new identities and a different life. Because what was happening is they were stuck. They, they, they wanted to learn this new language, but they kept living out of their old identity. So just for the day, he says, here's a new identity. And all of a sudden, some of these people started, over time, grasping the language. Because they no longer worked out of an old story. They started working out of this new story. And, and that's the heartbeat of what Paul is getting to. In view of God's mercy, in view of this new root story, you can start living a new life. Jesus said something similar when he said, if you want to come to me, come, become like a little child. Cindy talked about that, how beautiful children have the, they have the capacity to understand unconditional love and faith and beauty. Jesus said, become like a little kid if you want to come into my kingdom. He didn't literally mean become a little kid. He didn't literally mean become immature. He didn't literally mean like, you know, scrap your intelligence or scrap your this. Or No, no. He said, in your posture, become like a little kid. Then you will be able to embrace my kingdom. It's starting with a new root story. But even though that shift is vital, right? It's kind of like building like building a building you kind of like build the foundation of the building and you go deep like 20 feet into the ground and you build the concrete structure and the foundation is built but you still got to build the building you still got to kind of have a vision for what this building's going to look like and how it's going to be erected and and how how it's going to follow the foundation it's not going to follow another foundation it's going to follow the foundation you built the foundation is the root story paul's saying the foundation for what he's getting at is God's mercy is the new foundation. But then he says, you can't just change your life just on the foundation. He says, you need a framework to build the building. And this is where he gets to because I want to not just talk about the roots. I want to talk about renewal. Because here's this horrible assumption, and many Christians make this horrible assumption. And many of us make it in other, in other ways too. We assume that the rooted story is enough. We just make this assumption, the new story is enough. I love the new story. I'm going to live out of the new story. Such a good story. You tell people the story. And maybe you've discovered something great and you want to kind of live your life in this new direction and you tell people, I found this new thing. It's so awesome. But you never actually go back to it and get renewed with it. Now here's the deal. It's impossible to change your life without the root story but it's only the beginning. Why? Because there's always a tension with the other false stories around us that try and grab our attention. Look what Paul says in verse 2. He says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Paul has already established, hey, here's this new story. Here's this, this new root system. And he called them to 
offer themselves fully to it. But he doesn't stop there. He's like, that's not enough. That's not going to bring the change you really want in your life. He talks about these patterns of this world because they're real. Because there's other stories that try and shape your life. There's other stories that try and grab your attention. There's other things that that will dear to you away from, from what you've rooted your life into. In fact, a few people have translated this phrase or this into, into the world wants to squeeze you into its mold. I love that translation. The world wants to squeeze you into its mold. We know this too well, man. How, how often are you living a life squeezed into another mold? Are you living a life squeezing into a mold maybe you don't ultimately want, maybe you don't really wish to have, but you're just being squeezed into that mold because those are the stories that keep grabbing your attention. And Paul says, don't be conformed any longer to those stories, to those patterns that attempt to tell you how to live and tell you how to think and tell you what your life should be about. But he says the key is this, and he continues, the key is renewal of your mind. And this is where I think Christians, we sometimes mess this up because we think it's only the root. It's only the first experience. It's only the coming to Jesus moment. It's only, oh, God's so amazing and he's so merciful. And Paul says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Man, I, like, I don't know about you, but I, I so wish verse 1 was it. I so wish that when I came into contact with like a really good new way of life, I could just kind of say, yes, I agree with it, and it would just change everything. And even when God changes our life from the inside out, even... When God does that, we need to renew our minds. So what are you renewing your mind with? Well, not any story, with the root story. When a building goes up and and the framework, you know, what is it following? It's following the foundation, what the foundation started. It's this ongoing strengthening of the story you want to live out. And where does the transformation happen? It happens when your mind is renewed. Your mind continues to be renewed with this story. And here's the thing. Like we just need, this is something we just all need to admit. It's not automatic. It's not a magic pill. It's not a silver bullet. It's not just like putting fuel in your pump and like, hey, awesome, I got the fuel. Now I'm going to be like X, Y, Z. It's not just automatic. It's a renewing of our mind. Now the beauty is you can do this with any story you want to live out of. You can renew your mind with any story or parts of the story that you want to live out. But Paul tells us, Paul tells us this is actually how God changes us. That this is how the gospel works in us. That this is how his word and his spirit work in us. It takes this new root like God's mercy. And we believe that story. We embrace it. We surrender to it. But then change, even though change is founded on the root, now what do we do? We immerse ourselves in that story over and over again. We keep growing in that story. So it becomes now the recurring story. It's not just the root story, it's the recurring story. Man, I don't know about you, I think tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and you're probably going to figure out, hmm, what story am I going to live today? You might go to bed tonight thinking, I'm on to the root story, it's awesome. But tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and say, what story am I going to live out of? And so somehow we got we to gotta have this path from making the root story our recurring story. And that happens by renewal, by retelling it, by rereading it, by revisiting it, by renewing it 
over and over again. You know that we're here, you guys are here today, I'm here today. Why? I'm renewing the root story of God's mercy in my heart, my mind. When I, when I was worshiping and singing and praying, I was renewing the root story of God's mercy in my heart and my mind. When I was listening to the kids and, and hearing their voices expressed and, and, and hearing Cindy's just you know, affirmation of the joy that's in them, I'm renewing the root story in my mind and my heart. As I open up these scriptures, and I, I said before, man, memorize these verses. Repeat them over and over again. Meditate on them. Pray them out. What are you doing? You're renewing the root story. And you know what's so amazing? As you do that, you start to tease out the applications for your life. I've been reading through, just, you know, I'm kind of reading through the Bible, and I'm reading through 1 Corinthians, and I come across this one section where it talks about, um, you know, God's wisdom is found in Jesus. I was just so caught up with, oh God, I need your wisdom. And Jesus shows me the wisdom. And I, and I felt like I wanted to read more and kind of tick off that I read chapter 2 and 3 and 4. But I kept going back to these few verses. I'm like, oh man, I need wisdom right now. I need wisdom in this season. Jesus, you're the wisdom of God. Jesus, I need to get close to you. And so these few verses in Second Corinthians are like, I need this. I need to renew this root story. Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is my direction. And so we start to tease out applications for life. And when you just take this one piece, like Paul, what Paul says, God's mercy, right? You start reading it. You start uh, applying it to your identity. You start applying it to how you view people. Maybe I walked in this morning and maybe Rob like rubbed me the wrong way. And I have to say, how will I view Rob with God's mercy? I, all, all of a sudden it's like, how am I going to renew the root story of God's mercy when Rob rubs against me and vice versa? What's going to happen when, when, when you know, your spouse fails you or you fail your spouse or, or maybe a coworker drops the ball and you're wondering, how am I going to deal with this? And, and all of a sudden, this root story of God's mercy, you start, you start letting it flow over and over in your mind and heart and you say, how am I going to live this out? And all of a sudden, over time, this story of mercy becomes your go-to story. All of a sudden, your go-to story is not vengeance. Your go-to story is not revenge. Your go-to story is not Forget it. I'm not going to talk to Rob for at least two weeks. Your, go, your go-to story is not that, and that's part of what happens, right? We struggle with that. No, over time, the story of mercy becomes your go-to story. And you know what you start doing? You start living it out. You start living out God's mercy. And then these sub-themes of God's mercy in the gospel start becoming more evident and convicting in your heart. All of a sudden, as you dwell on God's mercy, themes like justice and generosity and compassion and forgiveness and freedom and identity, they all, they all start being slowly teased out of the gospel. And you start having a, a new go-to story, your root story, and you renew that. You renew your mind with it. And here's the beautiful thing that happens. When you have this root story that's being renewed constantly, you know what you've created in your life? You've created a filter. You have created a filter. I think all of us need a, a filter. I think all of us, before we make a decision, before we treat someone a certain way, before we, we react in a certain situation, how many of us would just love it if like, God would, would completely like, just tell us exactly what to do? Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing if God stopped us at every bad decision we were going to make? Now, God doesn't do that. He gives us freedom. But one of the things that happens when we discover a root story and we renew our hearts and minds with that story, we have now created a filter because that filter challenges all the false stories. 
That filter of the root and the renewal going on in your life all of a sudden becomes this filter for your decisions, this filter for your relationships, this filter for, for your finances and your faith and your family and your friendships. And all of a sudden it becomes, it challenges the false stories, the patterns of this world. It challenges it. I love what N.T. Wright says. He says, what it does is it gets you ready to challenge those parts where the present age shouts at you or whispers seductively to you. Sometimes there's a moment, it's going to happen this week. It's going to happen this week where the present age shouts at you to live a false story. You might hear it because it's shouting at you. And it's so evident and obvious. And even in those moments, you need a filter. Even in those moments, you need the ongoing nurture of roots and renewal to create a filter. But you know what? More often than not, the present age will whisper seductively to you. Will whisper seductively to you. And it's the hardest times to hear it. And sometimes you wonder, really? It's not a big deal. Really? Oh, it's not going to make a big difference. And it's just a whisper of the present age. And we all need this filter if we want to see change in our lives and in our relationships and in our decisions. See, it's the new root story and the renewal of that story that begins to transform your life and my life piece by piece, decision by decision, day by day, um, thought by thought, reaction by reaction, action by action, right from the ground up, from the foundation to the framework. As you think about it that way, it starts to make sense that when you change your story, you change your life. I want to bring this to a close and, and just give us a chance to think about this for a second. Maybe, maybe you're, you know, you've, you're here today and you're like, there are so many parts or there's a couple of parts or there's this one part of my life I long to see changed. I long to see God's story reflected in it. And, and let me just tell you first two, two things as we wrap this up. One, God has a part in all of this. You don't have to do it alone. God's part in all of this is that he's ready to give you a new story to live out of. That he's ready to change your heart. He's ready to change and create the foundation for you. He's already provided it in Jesus. God has a part. That's amazing. Without that part, without that foundation, without that new story, without God's mercy, verse 2 from in, in Romans chapter 12 makes no sense without r- verse 1. Because verse 2 about just, just renewing your mind and changing your mind and trying to live a new life makes, it means it's all on me if verse 1 didn't happen. If, if, if God's mercy didn't exist, if God's story wasn't real, if, if the fact that Jesus came to, 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 to invite us into God's kingdom and die in our place and resurrect from the grave, man, the next part would be all on me. But the foundation is God and Jesus, God's part. But then we need to surrender to it, embrace it offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And our part is nurturing it. The renewal of your mind is not something we abdicate just to God. It's something we keep nurturing. And, and that's why Paul says, you will grow, you will be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And here's the beautiful last, the last verse of this. Maybe it's in the slide a little bit above. It's, it's just the second part of verse 2. No, not that one. Um, I'll just read it. Then you will be able to test and approve what's God, what God's will is. I love that. 
you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. We're going to stand as we close today. And uh, now you can put up Colossians 3, Beth, and we'll, we'll, we'll read this together. And, and just a simple way to close this today. We're going to read this scripture slowly. And we're going to just slowly, as we do this, and, and I'm going to just invite you just in this, really briefly, just this posture of, of letting the Lord speak to us, of letting the Lord affirm this message in our hearts. Maybe there's a part of your story, a part of your life, you're saying, Lord, I long for change. And, and, and maybe your, your approach has been this, God, show me the way, or God, fix my heart, or God, change my thoughts, or I've already believed in Jesus, what do I got to do next? For sure, let's take care of the root. If you've never put your trust in Jesus, I don't want to invite you to start nurturing a story that's not even from God. So let's start there. Start by surrendering your life to Jesus, if that's where you are. And surrendering yourself to that root new story. And then the next step is, maybe for a bunch of us here, are you renewing that story in your life? Are you rereading it, retelling it, reviewing it, re-looking at it, letting it become who you are? So we're going to close just reading this, and after we read this, I'm going to pray. But look how Paul, later in another book to another church in Colossians, he writes these words, and, and, and see if you can make the connection to what we've been talking about today. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Just pause for a second. That's the root story. Since you've already been raised with Jesus, since you've given your life fully to him and you've, ra- you've been raised with him, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. I love this. In the mix of these few verses, we have the root story and the renewal of that root story. Since you've been raised with Christ, since you've died and your life is hidden with him, set your heart and your mind on things above. Let's pray. Father, um, thank you that you have given us the opportunity not to go back in the past and scratch everything out. Not, you know, with some magical pen that just erases everything. But something even more powerful. That despite our past, despite the detours and mistakes, despite the brokenness in our life or the brokenness even in our world, you give us the opportunity for a new root story to live out of. And it's based out of your mercy. So we say thank you, God, because that is our foundation. We cannot move forward and not change without him. So we say thank you for that, Lord. And God, I pray for anyone here today who is longing to live a new life, that they would trust you to change their story, that their story would be rooted in your story of mercy, in your son Jesus, who died for them and was raised to life. Even in this moment, God, may there be people who turn to you right now and put their trust in you. And God, following that, we we ask you, Lord, for the grace, the power of your spirit to see our minds renewed. Lord, we long for transformation. We long for areas of our lives to see change. And even though we believe in this, the beautiful root story of your your mercy, God, may, may you challenge us, convict us, 
May you show us ways of this renewal process as we immerse ourselves in the stories of Jesus, in the story of your scripture, as we gather on weekends. Lord, you know right now, right now, Lord, maybe there's a couple of people here that are just longing for something in their life to change. God, may you show them by the power of your spirit how there can be change if they can just be rooted in a different story with you. God, we know this is true and we, we, we're so grateful for it. So we pray this in Christ's name as we move on from today. In Jesus' name, amen.